This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. We heard a rumor that somewhere in the Denver metro area, there's a fully automated McDonald's, as in no employees at all. So instead of talking more about the election, we helped solve a mystery. Me and producer Paul Caroli are talking about the alleged robo McDonald's, a pricey cleanup at Elitch's, more parking problems, and the lengths people go to to play pickleball in this city. Today is election day, April 4th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, Paul. Hey, Bree. Good morning. Good morning. It's Tuesday, uh, April 4th. Election also day. Also known as election day. The big one. The big one. However, we've been talking about this election for, I don't know, six months. Today, we're not talking about it. Yeah. I mean, what else are we going to do about it anyway? People are voting. They've already voted. Right. Tomorrow, we'll have results. We're going to talk about it uh, tonight, mm-hmm. technically, as the results roll in, and you'll hear more of that. You'll hear all of that tomorrow. So today we're not talking about the election, which means we're not talking about the new article that came out about Mike Johnston's uh, another infusion of mega cash from outside donors. Uh, we're, we're not, not going to discuss that. Okay. What else are we not going to discuss? I don't think we should discuss the Denver Post piece about Lisa Calderon, Candy Sedabaca, the ethics, the financing complaint. Yep. I don't want to talk about that. I don't either. We're not talking about that. We um, might have links to the show notes or links in the show notes <laughs> about some of these stories. If you, I don't know. I feel like if you go to that link, it'll blow your computer up or something. <laughs> um, no, uh, we got great stuff to talk about. We got great stuff. Yeah. And also, we're not talking about low voter turnout because we actually don't know what it's going to look like. Could be anything. It could be anything. So, yes. So we're not talking about that. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um Weather's warming up for sure. Yeah. I was out over the weekend. I was at Wash Park. <laughs> I saw the lowriders roll out in my neighborhood. So you know that's like the springtime signal. People are getting ready to show their cars off. Nice. What about you, Paul? Nice. Well, I mean, Elitch's was in the news last week. So I'm thinking about amusement parks. Did you see this story? Do you know what's happening with Elitch's? I do. And like... <laughs> I don't want to say I have different feelings about this than you do, but um, what's funny to me is <clears throat> we're talking about Elitches, which mm-hmm. for old Denver heads, this is known as new Elitches. Mm-hmm. And and uh, obviously old Elitches was on the north side. Um, but this this is a story about new Elitches, which is about to become old Elitches because it's going to move. Mm-hmm. So it's But it's in the news for an interesting reason. Um, I, I did not know this prior to reading this story that they – Elitches that we know today in the Central Platte Valley is built on a Superfund site. Hmm. So, uh, 
Public Service Company of Colorado, which was the precursor to Excel, operated a power plant there from 1889 to 1928, I believe. 1889, a power plant right downtown? That must have been like (laughs) one of the first power plants in the city. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because it was like there wasn't that much of the the city yet, right? But it, it was demolished like... It was interesting. The Business Den article said the 50s and 60s is what Excel told them. So I was like, did it take two decades? Maybe. Um, But at any rate, it it had been gone for a long time. Mm -hmm. However, in the 80s, um, they found there were still contaminants in the soil, obviously. Um, And then in 2017, there was more testing done. And it's still technically needs a lot of work. So even after they built the amusement park on top of it. In yes. like the early nine, early to mid nineties, <laughs> and it's been operating as an amusement park where yeah. kids play, mm-hmm. and people since nineteen ninety five. Paul put gum on the wall. That's a historic tradition. Is putting gum on the wall. Maybe people are putting that gum back in their mouth, and this is a contaminated <sighs> site. I'm hearing. Yeah, now you're bumming me out about it. Extra bumming me out. Um, it's kind of a weird thing that's happening over there. It's kind of like the story of Superfund sites. I feel like though, it's mm-hmm. just like oh, whoops. <laughs> well guess this place where people are commuting is super toxic but uh this this was revealed in court documents as business and reported mm. um that in 2017 this was found so i'm guessing this was around the time they were starting to talk about what they were going to do with yeah with the elich's land because it was sold <clears throat> excuse me it was sold i think officially at the beginning of this year and um so now excel is on the hook for possibly having to do 25 million dollars in remediation work to make it safe because this is part of this massive redevelopment project, um, the River Mile District. Right. Rivesco and Cronky collectively own uh, Ball Arena surrounding parking lots. Um, parking lots. Are, oh, Elitches, obviously. Parking lots all the way up to um, Empower Field at Mile High. Most mm-hmm. of, you know, that's a big chunk of Sun Valley. Um, all of that is slated for... Some kind of development and or redevelopment. So, And it's best if it's not still dirty from a more than 100-year-old power plant. <laughs> it would be best. It would be nice if that was like taken care of in the 90s when they moved the park from the north side to the central Platte Valley. But I guess this is what we know now. Um, Can I just say, I, I love this whole story. I, I, as soon as I saw the headline, it just got me thinking about this old idea I fell in love with a few years ago. So they're going to have to move Elitches, right? Where do you move it? Where do we have a place that would conjure the same sort of sense of danger that an amusement park has? Oh, no. This sense of like, who who are the regulators here? Is this place really safe to be? They should move it to Rocky Flats. I was just like, I knew you were going to say Rocky Flats. I even knew before you started that buildup because I know you were like, love talking about Rocky It's great. Flats. Another expensive cleanup went down there. You know, what's what's particularly <laughs> interesting, though, is I learned... During the Rocky Flats project I did a few years ago that one of the proposals for that cleanup was to put a giant concrete slab over it. Like that would have been an effective way really? to, yeah, to isolate the contamination. So an amusement park that you might pave, maybe not <laughs> well, so this bad. Is, this is reminding me of my original complaint about new Elitches when they moved it. it was like it was all concrete. The beauty of old Elitches was it was tree. It was full of trees yeah. and obviously it was Elitch Gardens. It was full of gardens. It was so beautiful. And my initial reaction to new Elitches was like, ugh, this place is just a parking lot. But maybe that was a safety 
That was a safety thing. Um, at any rate, I mean, I hate to be this guy, but I feel like Illich's is just done. I don't. Yeah. Moving an amusement park seems expensive. Um, the insurance on them is insane. They take up a lot of land mass. I hope they find somewhere good. I mean, I hope that it lives on. I just, I just doubt it. So go to Lakeside. It rules. Okay. Yep. It's the, the rules. It's the end of that story. Let's move on. We got some other really fun things to dig into. Yeah. Can we talk about pickleball? Yes. I feel like you've been dying to talk about pickleball for a long time, but then all of a sudden yeah. it like came to a head in the city. Like this is probably one of the most contentious issues in the city if we weren't having an election. So Oh, 100%. What what is going on with pickleball? Well, first of all, Paul, can you explain pickleball? Do you know how to play pickleball? <laughs> I don't. Okay. I mean, it looks like tennis meets ping pong. It's like halfway between. Mm-hmm. And you have this hard paddle and you hit a hard wiffle ball. I do know that it's very loud, which is the whole root of this whole complaint. Right. Every time you walk past, it's like thunk, thock, 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 thock. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard it. Um, and yeah, last summer was just nuts because like people went crazy for pickleball. There was this guy who went to jail because he painted on the floor of the Central Park Rec oh, Center. that's right. They called him the mayor of pickleball. Yeah, he, uh, we're not talking about politics, but I saw some photos where uh, Mike Johnston went and played pickleball with the mayor of pickleball. Um, <laughs> and they had a, a nice hug afterwards. Interesting campaign stunt, but we're not talking about politics. So, so, okay. So, um, what were we talking about? Pickleball mania? <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're talking about, but we're talking about pickleball because it's become sort of a political issue, yes. right? Like you mentioned yes. the noise. And I think that that's the root of this, this problem. Yes. Yes. Thank you for getting me back on track. Um, so the noise thing has already been an issue this year. Centennial, a couple weeks ago, according to Westward, approved a six month moratorium on court construction within 500 feet of any residence. So, you know, people were complaining about the noise down there. And now, just this past week and weekend, according to Nine News, Denver Parks and Rec last week announced they'd be shutting down the pickleball courts at Congress Park, which is like, I've learned, the number one pickleball spot in the city. There is a group of a thousand people, 1,400 on Facebook, that meets there and plays pickleball for 12 to 14 hours every day. Okay, so this is definitely impacting my opinion on this because originally, yeah, I will say, I was like, oh, noise complaints. Oh, I'm so sorry, Congress Park. Come to my neighborhood. Yeah. Street racing 24-7. Like, I don't, I don't have a lot of sympathy, but I'd say 12 to 14 hours a day. I can see where that would be super annoying. Yeah, 12 to 14 hours a it. day. And then also, uh, this is this whole thing, by the way, is being run for the city by um, uh, Deputy Parks and Rec Manager Scott Gilmore, who was on the show yesterday talking yes. about this bison transfer program. So at the same time he's transferring bison, he's also dealing with neighborhood fights over pickleball. That's this guy's job. Just We can take a second to appreciate that. But he said that he has had complaints from 14 of the 18 homes on the street next to the Congress Park courts. 14 of the 18. So wow, it sounds like it's been a real big nuisance for that neighborhood. Um, but then on the other side, it's hard because, you know, pickleball is this new thing. Why, why can't people have this great community? It sounds like it's been really beneficial for a lot of people. We had one listener write in, uh, it DM'd me over the weekend to let me know that they were having this big cookout party thing on Sunday for the last day of pickleball at Congress Park. And he was just like heartbroken, it sounds like. He says he's a regular. It was a very special and tight community. 
and now we have to go find a new home. He says they're organizing to find a new space to like potentially stop this still because they did have some previous compromise with the city about maybe moving the courts. But so I don't think this story is over, but, um, but yeah, hurt feelings. That's it's hard. It's hard hearing about this. Yeah. I mean, also because our parks are incredible, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, it's one of the things I brag about Denver's done really right is our park system is amazing. And it's just one of those things that draws people. And honestly, Paul, I was, I mean, I was, like I said, I was at Wash Park over the weekend, which can Mm -hmm. you imagine, you know, Wash Park on a 68, 70 degree day, early spring. It was frolickers. Holy cow. There's like hundreds of people playing volleyball. I'm sure. Um, the ba- you know the basketball courts are packed there's the usual rollerbladers with the with their stereos on their fanny packs you know their jammy packs or oh, whatever yeah. i mean there's so much noise um so I, I i don't know i mean i feel for these folks i don't have a good solution i don't know what it is it sounds like it's something that's like should be indoors like in that's kind of what i was thinking like i get I get the appeal of doing it outdoors, but I think like racquetball, you know, you have yeah. an indoor court for that or you have a dedicated space or, I mean, the private market is coming up with solutions here. Also in Centennial, this, the guy, Robert Thompson, who started Punchbowl Social, I know, I don't know if oh, you've been following right. this, but he's starting this huge pickleball campus called Camp Pickle, where there's going to be like a dozen courts. There's going to be bars and restaurants. It's like two big barn houses. It's going to be huge. So I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, maybe this is going to be just privatized and we're going to lose this as an amenity in our parks. I think that's a big bummer, but I also don't know how much that impact. Like, I I feel like maybe the pickleballers would probably be fine with going to the privatized version of it. To me, I don't love when we have to privatize something that we were able to do in a public space. But um, if that's the solution, I guess that might be the solution. The racquetball um, or squash, those... uh, those examples are exactly what I was thinking of the room. Yeah. You know, you have to go in a room to play them basically. Yeah. So, Oh, well, no, well, I'm sorry, you guys. I hope there's something to be done and I hope you keep your community together together, regardless of whether the parks open up back for you. Cause I know if anything, people being able to get together and commune around something is like something so much of us were missing, especially during the pandemic. So try to oh, keep yeah. those, try to keep those, try to keep those friends together. Even if you guys aren't playing pickleball anymore. Okay, next story. Um, <laughs> the Robo McDonald's. Paul, what is the... The mystery of the Robo McDonald's. The mystery of the Robo McDonald's. <laughs> You're right. It is a mystery because this story popped up like last week and then mm-hmm. we like had trouble finding... There was like no local coverage of it. It was just like this McDonald's, this fully, ro- you know, no human running McDonald's is in Denver. And we were like, where? Yeah. So what? What? what's the deal? Well, yeah, I think actually you stumbled on the article first last week and it was in this publication that, you know, looking back on it does look kind of shady. Uh, It's called the Economic Times, but they said that earlier this month, the world saw the first fully automated, no employees McDonald's outlet in Fort Worth, Texas. And then the most important part, this was quickly followed by another RoboMac outlet in Denver, Colorado. They don't say where. So it's interesting because it's here somewhere, maybe. Right. I don't know. I feel like if it was somewhere, think about how big of a deal is when we get like an in and out or like when Krispy Kreme mm-hmm. came here in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like this would have been 
I don't. Yeah, you're right. Know. Maybe it sounds. It sounds like baloney. A little bit, but it's there's also lots of like plausible reasons why they'd be trying something like this, and they'd be doing it here. Other companies have done stuff like this here. Bird Call, the local chicken chain, they had they're famous for implementing this person-free ordering scheme. You don't order from someone over the counter; you just you know type in an iPad. So they're already automating. Good Times has a robot voice that takes your orders um, when you drive through. The location not of Colorado. Always. Not always. The location of Colorado Boulevard has one. Sometimes it switches back and forth between robot and human. So like you, the, a human does some parts and the robot does some parts. And it's only, yeah, I think it's only at that one. But there's these precedents for it. Hmm. I have to say my in experience with the kiosk at a McDonald's is already been horrendous. Like it's like not easy to use in any capacity. It's also not accessible. It's like this giant screen that's like you have to be able to stand to use it so stupid. Um and then you always end up going to the counter to talk to the guy because it didn't like take your order. I don't know. Yeah. At any rate, don't love it, but I don't it's love the it future. Either. I will so. I I think for some for some purposes well, I don't know. That's kind of the whole question here is, does it work? Because that's what these companies are doing is they're testing it. And if consumers like it and they go to it, then there's clearly a market for it and they'll proliferate. And people like us who aren't loving it aren't going to eat there. Right. So we got to try to track this thing down, see if it's real. Um, we put this in the newsletter. We got a, a, a listener. or We got a reader. We got a reader. Right in. Katie A. She says... I heard this Robo McDonald's is at Arapahoe and I-25 in Centennial, but I have not been there to confirm that McDonald's has been there since the 70s, but they did just recently renovate it. So that rumor may be true. I know which one she's talking about. Interesting. Very interesting. Next uh, day, well, as soon as we got this uh, article, I put in an email to McDonald's corporate and I was like, what's going on? Where's this location? I have to know everything about this. What are y'all doing? Um, I didn't get a response until after KDA wrote in. Um, you heard from McDonald's. I heard from McDonald's. McDonald's says, while there was a highly automated test restaurant in Texas, there is not one in Colorado. Think about the wording. There is not one in Colorado. A few years ago, the Arapahoe store was part of the test, but has returned to being a fully staffed location. Oh my God, so KDA was partially right. I think KDA was partially right. Hey. And the fact that it was part of a test of increased automation mm -hmm. and that they aren't still doing it, I don't know. I don't know what this means, but we did hear from KDA again. She said she did make it over to the McDonald's on Arapahoe and I-25 yesterday. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what is meant by robot McDonald's, but this store was pretty much contact free. There were people in the back making food, but you don't really see anyone. You order from a board, then your food is slid out onto a shelf where you pick it up. Maybe it will transition into the robo thing at a later point. So I think right now they're doing one of these hybrid things like we've seen at Good Times and uh, Bird Call. <laughs> Oh, I have so many feelings about this. It feels, in one way, I think, yes, of course, maybe we get rid of these jobs and we move closer to a universal basic income situation so we mm -hmm. don't have to have folks working in these jobs that can be really not great, stressful, you know, getting yelled at all the time by customers, the, just the hard work you have to do. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, I'm also thinking about how much fun I've had in retail as a person where my friends come to visit me at work and stuff. <laughs> and like, it's just part of the experience, but... 
I mean, I, I've been to a similar situation that Katie is explaining, but it's not quite that automated, mm-hmm. but it still feels like you're standing in a public restroom ordering food off of a screen and then it comes out of a hole and it's like so depressing. <laughs> At any rate, um, Katie, thank you for doing some investigating for us. We really appreciate yeah, it. The real star of the show here is Katie. <laughs> but if we, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll check back on that story developing. So Bree, let's talk about uh, parking. It's another hot topic God, in the city. We, we had to. some news about some parking changing. You know, prior to the election, parking was the number one way to get people to start yelling at each other in this city. Parking and pickleball. <laughs> parking, pickleball elections. Uh, yeah, so um, there's this big parking garage on the corner of East Colfax and Columbine. It's attached to what has sort of become, it was an adaptive reuse of the Lowenstein Theater, which you will know as Tattered Cover, um, Twist, Twist and, and Shout. Shout. See Film Center. There's a Chipotle. I mean, there's all kinds of things in this. You know what's in there now? What? That new plant-based sushi place. That took the old Chocolate Lab location. They totally changed the interior. It's beautiful. I have to say I never went to Chocolate Lab because I didn't understand what it was. Yeah. But that's a story for another day. Plant-based sushi? Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's cool. Have you tried it? Yeah. Okay. I might have to try it. Interesting. Um, So if you want to visit, you're going to have to pay for parking now to eat at plant-based sushi place wellness sushi it it surprised me a little bit that this wasn't already a pay for parking situation because that Mm -hmm. place can be pretty busy however anytime i've ever been to that complex i always find a parking spot it's not tough Mm. why Um, did they change it well safety concerns break-ins car Mm. break-ins um so i guess they're going to put in sort of a a gated parking thing and then have so increased security patrols. That's a shame. Um, Denverite reports that the garage will now cost $2 an hour to park with a $15 a day maximum, but you can get your parking validated. So if you go to see a movie or you go, you know, you go buy some records at Twist, they'll do parking validation. So it still is technically free if you're a customer. I guess people must be parking over there when they go to like the farmer's market across the street at East or something. I could see that. Because I was trying to figure out like what else you would park in there for. Yeah, if other you're having than a walk. Things. Going to Pete's. Yeah, but like parking's not super hard to find on Colfax. No, it's not. I don't I, know. Yeah, it is. It is surprising, and it's a shame that this is happening. These safety concerns. Although, yeah. I mean, like I said, I went to Wellness Sushi a few weeks ago with my wife Megan, and you know, it, we did run into a few people on the street that were kind of intimidating. And it was a little bit desolate because the sea has stopped doing uh, 9 p.m. showings on the weekends. Oh. So in the evening, and also that tattered cover, I mean, it's just different now. It's different. They don't have the basement. It's just a little bit, a little bit more dark and I don't know, not as, it's not the tattered cover <sighs> that I remembered from before the pandemic, at least that yeah. location. That's what my husband said, which really bums me out. Hmm. This is a tough one, though. I hope people come back. I hope people try the sushi place and go and like make it a little bit, you know, bring bring some life back to that spot because I love all those places. I know, me too. I have to say, the wellness sushi is like a really weird name. That sounds like a <laughs> sounds like you're getting a massage there or something. I don't love it. <laughs> I want to talk about this, but I'll I'll talk to you more offline yeah. about what <laughs> plant based sushi looks like. But at any rate, so just be aware. Just be aware. I think the the biggest thing is you want to remember when you go mm-hmm. 
to see a movie or something to get your parking validation. I think that's the biggest concern too yes. for like the film center and stuff is like they don't want to upset their customers. So they're really trying to like put signs up like please remember to ask us to validate your parking. So just yeah. keep that in mind for that change. It's interesting we're talking about paid parking because I was thinking about how last week you and I <laughs> went to the Cherry Creek Mall and paid for parking twice because we went in and out of the mall for different twice? things. Yeah, because remember we left. We were going to go get oh, yeah. lunch at Cherry Cricket. Oh. We were going to get lunch at Cherry Cricket and then we couldn't find parking. <laughs> yeah. And Cherry Creek North, so we went back to the mall to eat at Nordstrom Cafe. But like the fact that we were, it's just it kind of blew my mind being over there because we were working on this project about Cherry Creek um, that y'all are going to hear in a couple of weeks, and I really can't wait because it's fascinating. But to be experiencing it, the current status of how you pay for parking and how you move around that mall, boy, it changed the way I think about it. Especially doing it with you. Yeah, I I mean, again, that's like my was my third place for a really long time. I mean, technically, it was my second place. It was my workplace for a long time. Um, but the the part paying for parking thing does change things a little bit. And just like you're right, how you actually physically navigate the mall and then maybe going back and forth between there and Cherry Creek North. And it's so much more than that, though. We're talking so much more than parking. Like you said, we're doing a whole week of this coming up. Yes. It's like pizza week, but. I don't want to say better because Pizza Week was super fun, but this is just something different. Yeah. We're it's about a part of the city that maybe you have some preconceived notions about, and I'm hoping that we can tell yeah, a little deeper feelings. story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we need your help. We need your help for this mysterious project. Can you send us voicemails where you describe how you would get to the Cherry Creek Shopping Center and how you feel about that? Like how you would physically transport yourself from your home yeah. to the to the shopping center or Cherry Creek North. How do you get around and get there? Yeah. If you do it by bike, how do you like the trails? If you do it by car, how do you like the parking? How do you like the the roads, the connections, the intersections? Anything. It's all on the table. We want to hear about you and your transit choices. For Cherry That's Creek. That's all. Yes, for Cherry Creek. Um, it's all going to make sense soon. And uh, I think you're going to want to be a part of it because it's going to be a really cool thing. So you can call our Cherry Creek Transit Story Hotline at 720-500-5418. Um, as always, leave us a message with your name and neighborhood and your transit story related to how you get in and around the Cherry Creek area. Again, our number is 720-500-5418. And leave us, please leave us a message. We would love to hear it and we'll most likely play it on the show. So tell us a good story. Uh, all right, Paul. Um, by the time folks hear this, it will be... We still won't know. <laughs> we, we still no, won't we have won't any know. idea about our election situation. But tomorrow we will. Tomorrow we will. I hope you all have voted. I... <laughs> you you can do it oh you can do it in person too right they're still voting yeah. they're still polling places so if you're one of those people that's like I just really love the in-person experience that is still a possibility um, I'll put a link in our show notes to the clerk and recorders information on how to vote if you haven't already but uh, best of luck to everyone and we will be talking to you in the future about that very thing Paul thanks for joining me thanks Bree.
that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Mayor McCheese about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Was Mayor McCheese on the ballot? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he might as well have been. He probably would have gotten more votes than some people. <laughs> Name recognition goes a long way, as we know. <laughs> I also asked Twitter where we should order takeout from on election night. Can you narrow it down to a type of food or give me 16 options? You should go to 17 different hot chicken restaurants around town and then get 17 beers. <laughs> I don't know, but you should def order 16 meals from 16 different restaurants and let us know the top two. (laughs) Oh, that's when Twitter's fun.